Your body is alive, not just with your own human cells, but with a multitude of thriving ecosystems teeming with billions of microbes that contribute to our health and our well-being. Welcome to the Gut Academy. I'm Dr. William DiPaolo, immunologist, microbiome expert, and healthy living enthusiast. This podcast is for anybody interested in discovering more about the 40 trillion microbes that live within and on us to those who want to change their microbiome in order to live a healthier, happier life. Here at the Gut Academy, we will provide you with information, tips, and life hacks that will help you make choices that will benefit your microbial self and change your life. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of the Gut Academy. I'm your host, Dr. William DiPaolo. Today, we are going to discuss three different and lifestyle behaviors that you can make to strengthen the health of your microbiome and therefore improve your gut-brain axis and the communication between these two important organ systems and have an important effect on reducing anxiety and depression and maybe even anxiety-related disorders. I'm not going to discuss probiotics today, and that's because probiotics in humans has not been shown to have a great effect on the outcome of anxiety or depression or even the symptoms associated with these disorders. The positive data that's come from probiotics have come from animal models, specifically rodent models, and we know that the microbiome composition in rodents is different than those in humans when it comes to anxiety, specifically within the family of Ruminococcaceae. So because of this, and because there's just not an overwhelming sense of reproducibility, translatability. I'm going to skip probiotics for today as far as mental health goes, and we will come back to that in a future podcast. I do want to discuss these three lifestyle behaviors in case those of you who want to try to modify your gut microbiome to make it healthier. For those of you who may suffer from anxiety and depression and may want to see if there's a natural way to reduce those symptoms, or you're just more interested in learning about how there's different ways that you can hack the microbiome through some of these modifications and behavioral changes that I'll discuss today. First behavioral change is to make sure that you have aerobic exercise in your daily routine. We all know that exercise offers well-documented health benefits on the cardiovascular system, prevents diabetes, high blood pressure. Very important to have exercise in your daily routine. A new couple new studies that have come out in the past few years have shown that exercise can actually alter the composition of the bacteria and other microorganisms in your gut microbiome. In fact, aerobic exercise has been shown to increase microbial diversity and metabolism in the gut microbiome. So we already see that exercise can influence the composition of the microbiome and by making it more diverse. And through that diversity, what happens is that you increase the ability to produce neurotransmitters, you increase the ability to produce short-chain fatty acids, you increase, increase the ability to dampen inflammation. And what a diverse microbiome does is it protects itself in the case there's some sort of insult or perturbation that should reduce a family or a group of bacteria that say produce short-chain fatty acids well because you have a diverse microbiome there are going to be other bacteria that can fill in that void until the first bacteria can grow back to levels and start helping to produce short-chain fatty acids so by being diverse it protects itself it makes it more resilient to daily perturbations insults and trauma that can occur uh, to these bacteria that reside in our intestines. So exercise has even been shown to 
treat people suffering from both gastroenterological uh, diseases like irritable bowel syndrome, as well as shown to have an impact on depression, schizophrenia, and even stroke victims. Exercise therapy has been shown to be really important in reducing symptoms in all of those diseases. It actually has been shown to improve cognition and uh, in stroke patients and can also lessen the symptoms of depression and schizophrenia. We also know that physical activity is proven to do wonders for mental health because regular exercise has been shown to reduce the risk of anxiety by as much as 60%. And we know that aerobic exercise increases serotonin levels, probably due to this increase in microbial diversity and species that can produce serotonin. One study looked at professional rugby players and compared their microbiome to age-matched and body-mass-index-matched control group. And they found that the rugby athletes had a higher level of Ackermansia mucinophila, which is a very important microbiome member that I've done some podcasts, a YouTube video, so you can go check those out. Ackermansia mucinophila is a mucin-degrading gut bacteria that is really important in maintaining the mucous membranes and keeping the integrity of the intestinal barrier strong. The rugby players also had an enriched profile of short-chain fatty acids. And why that's important is because short-chain fatty acids have a number of important health benefits in and outside of the gut. So they can promote the production of leptin, which controls satiety and how full you feel. Short-chain fatty acids can promote barrier function and keep the gut barrier tight, so it prevents a leaky gut. They can prevent things from crossing the blood-brain barrier by keeping the blood-brain barrier nice and tight. And they have potent anti-inflammatory properties. So short-chain fatty acids are critical molecules in mediating the communication between the gut and the brain and by protecting those areas through maintaining the border in these um, either the blood-brain barrier border or preventing leaky gut. So how much exercise do you need to do in order to reap the benefits? Well, they say that you should probably have 30 minutes at minimum of exercise every day, and that's moderate exercise. So these are activities like biking, maybe brisk walking, uh, swimming, playing tennis, things like that, to give yourself that 30 minutes of moderate exercise every day. The second lifestyle hack or behavioral modification that you can do is is to make fiber a staple of your diet and your diet regimen. This is really important. Fiber is so critical for maintaining a healthy microbiome. And we as a country, as a community, as a civilization, do not eat anywhere near the amount of fiber that we should be eating, especially if we compare it to our ancestors. It's an easy and accessible and affordable way to positively influence members of your gut microbiome. And What it does is our bodies cannot digest fiber. We don't have the machinery to digest it or ferment it. So it passes from our small intestine into our colon where members of the gut microbiome that do have the machinery to ferment fiber start to break it down and in the breakdown process produce important factors like short chain fatty acids. And that breakdown also uses energy and is really great for promoting the health of those bugs that can produce uh, short-chain fatty acids because that fiber is going to feed those those healthy bacteria. Specifically, we know that uh, fiber feeds Fecalobacterium prasnitzii, Eubacterium rectile, and other members of the microbiome that are really healthy and produce tons of butyrate and other short-chain fatty acids. And this is important because dietary fiber has been shown to regulate the gut-brain axis 
by to increase satiety, while the deficiency of fiber causes a reduction in satiety and increases your appetite and increases energy in, intake. So just by eating dietary fiber, you can regulate that communication between the gut and the brain to increase that feeling of fullness uh, by your body so that you stop eating. Now, in those people who don't have enough fiber, you have less of a satiety signal and you have an increase in your appetite. The reason why this happens is that short-chain fatty acids, which are produced by the fermenting uh, bacteria, the fermenting the fiber, uh, short-chain fatty acids help with the release of leptin, which is a hormone that regulates ap appetite and feelings of fullness. So again, really important. This directly impacts the communication between the gut and the brain and has an impact on people who are trying to lose weight and be healthy in that way. So how much fiber should you be eating? Well, experts recommend that adults should be eating between or should be eating about 14 grams of fiber for every 1,000 calories that you consume every day. So that means for most people, you should be eating between 28 and 35 grams of fiber every day. And I guarantee you, most of you are not getting that amount of fiber. In fact, it's the average of fiber intake in the United States is about 10 grams. So that's a third of what we should really be having. So how can you increase fiber in your diet? Well, you can increase the amount of fruits that you eat. Fruits are a really strong source of fiber, so including pears, avocados, raspberries, bananas, um, also increasing vegetables and beans like carrots, chickpeas, navy peas, uh, navy beans, I'm sorry, kidney beans, Brussels sprouts, all of those vegetables and beans will increase your fiber levels as well. And that doesn't even include grains like oats and barley, which also have high amounts of fiber. So anywhere that you can get fiber, do it. Uh, that fiber is going to play a very important part in your health and the well-being of your microbiome and will have a direct impact on that communication between your gut and your brain and will have um, uh, will help you to regulate your eating habits and produce those feelings of satiety and fullness. And the last behavior that you can do to alter your gut microbiome in a way that will help your gut-brain communication is by meditating. And so you might think that this is not something that you would hear on a science podcast, but it's this sort of idea of mindfulness and energy work and all of that is becoming very, very popular in mainstream, actually. And so studies looking at the gut microbiome in these mindfulness um, examples like meditation are important because so many people do this in their daily lives. So meditation is basically when you can sit in silence and quiet and you can just let your mind think thoughts but just see them and let them go and let them kind of float by you and just be with yourself without judgment, without to-do lists, without anxiety, without um, stress and just be with yourself and in, in your own brain and in your own being. Mindfulness, especially meditation, is very helpful for managing stress and can also be used to uh, handle gut issues. We know that people with irritable bowel syndrome and also post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a type of anxiety disorder, have uh, been shown to have a reduction in their symptoms uh, by doing meditation type exercises. Uh, this is alone without any sort of medication. So just by meditating, you can reduce the symptoms of PTSD and irritable bowel syndrome. This was found in a study looking at veterans who practice, practice mindfulness for eight weeks and they saw fewer symptoms of their PTSD or their IBS after doing the meditation for for eight weeks. Another study that is very interesting is a group looked at Tibetan Buddhism 
Buddhist monks. These monks meditate about two hours every day for between three and 30 years of their lives. So there's a lot of hours of meditation in, the, in this Buddhist monk community. And they took microbiome samples from Tibetan Buddhist monks and also from neighboring villages, age-matched controls, and they compared the microbiome between those two groups. And they found that there were several bacteria that were enriched in the monks that were not enriched in the other control groups. And um, they also saw that these were... Uh, an increase in Bacteroidetes as well as, uh, and specifically in Bacteroidetes, they found an abundant level of Prevotella, a huge amount, 42% versus 6% in the control group. And then they found um, high volumes of Fecalobacterium, which we talked about earlier, which makes short-chain fatty acids, and Megamonas. Prevotella and um, Bacteroidetes are, um, were significantly enriched, and those are bacteria that are associated with uh, vegetarian and more vegan type diets and a healthier, leaner uh, body type than other other uh, bacteroides or firmicutes. The researchers then looked at a technique or used a technique to predict uh, chemical processes that the microbes might be influencing. And they found that there were protective anti-inflammatory pathways in the monks, as well as an increase in metabolism, which included the conversion of food into energy, uh, were both enhanced in the monk populations. They also found that there were levels of, um, that markers of cardiovascular disease were much lower in the Buddhist monks rather than the controls from the neighboring villages. So this, these studies, while there's lots of caveats and probably lots of factors that could influence the monk study, I think that it's positive in a sense that we're starting to understand that mindfulness, meditation, and energy work do have an impact on physiology and, and in particular gut microbiome composition. And so by increasing fecalobacterium, by increasing Prevotella, you're increasing bacteria that can help communicate uh, through the production of short-chain fatty acids and dampening inflammation, and that will help potentiate the gut-brain axis and the communication between the two. So how much meditation do you need to do every day in order to affect the microbiome? It's not hours and hours. In fact, they suggest about 15 minutes of mindfulness every day, of meditation every day, just to start to see changes and to feel better and reduce the anxiety and stress of everyday life, which will help you feel better and more well-rounded. So those are our three behaviors that you can do to increase your communication between your gut and your brain through modifying the gut microbiome. So those were, you can add 30 minutes of aerobic exercise every day. You should uh, eat more fiber. So try to eat about 30 grams of fiber each day and try to do 15 minutes of meditation each day. I'm curious if any of you try this and you feel better or you feel worse, please send me a note, put it in the comment section. I'd love to hear your experiences with any of these three behaviors and uh, lifestyle behaviors and feelings of anxiety and depression. And if you have microbiome data that goes along with that even better, definitely pop a note in the comment section. Again, thank you so much for joining me. This was a really great episode and I hope that you take away with it some changes that you might wanna to make to your life and see how they affect your mental health and well-being. So until next time, I'm William DePaulo. Thank you for joining me.